listening to Hoopleheads, a Deadwood podcast movie fail. I'm Esther Rosenfield, and here with Soren Howe, and this week I have a special guest, Harry Evanson Cornell, our friend and, and fellow podcaster. Uh, today we're talking about the series finale of Deadwood, Tell Him Something Pretty, directed by Mark Tinker, written by Ted Mann. Um, hmm, how, uh, how about this episode? Um... <laughs> we have a, yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, you asked a good question last uh, on the uh, last week's episode um, to our to our guest, which was how um, how he had come to Deadwood, what what his sort of interaction was yeah, with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Harry, since you haven't, you, you know, people have uh, thirty five episodes worth of uh, our thoughts and and background on Deadwood. But what's how did you uh, how did you come to the show? Sure. I, I think I first watched it five, six years ago now, and it was just one of those things where enough people had recommended it to me that I sat down and checked it out and uh, really, really loved it, obviously, uh, and uh, revisited it uh, with my partner, like building up to the the movie release. So it's all pretty fresh in my mind. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a show that like pretty much I adored from the first watch through. Like it's really sat with me as one of my favorite shows out there. I think. Uh, Fair enough. Good choice. So, yeah. Excited to to talk about it for sure. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is the, the, the series. So uh, I actually have a, my, I have a broad question for Esther to, I guess, kick us off, which is uh, we can, I mean, obviously we're going to, we're going to dive into the, the, the specific elements of the episode, but like as a finale and based on what you had been led to believe and, and things like that about the show and how it ended satisfactorily or not, what is, what's your, what's your take? You know, it's this? interesting. Cause I had kind of been led to believe just by the way people talk about the show and especially the way people were talking around the movie. Like I, I had kind of come to understand that this show ends very unsatisfactorily, not, not, not in a bad way, but like, that it clearly is left hanging in a way that they were going to continue and never got the chance to. Um, I think having watched it, there are definitely a couple elements that we can talk about that are for sure, like just not at all addressed or resolved. Uh, clearly they were going in other directions with it, but as a, you know, if I just take it as the ending of this story, I think it is a good ending. If an inconclusive one, like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that uh, we don't get, resolution on certain on certain main mm. elements i think it actually uh kind of speaks to the themes of the show in a in a more resonant way that we don't uh you know the, the, just 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 to get into specifics i guess the fact that hearst gets to ride off into the sunset having kind of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know not got, gotten exactly what he wanted but you know he he does get what he wants he gets complete dominance over everyone in this town and he rides away and uh, we'll, you know, we'll get into the very final scene later because believe me, I want to talk about that. But I think it is it really speaks to kind of what this show, the story of the show has been telling all along this idea that like, you know, you can plot and you can plan and you can resist as much as you, you know, can muster. But at the end of the day, power wins and money wins like you can't. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. And it's it's in, it's indescribably bleak what happens in this episode. Like, it's just, it's mm -hmm. horrific what mm -hmm. happens in this episode. But I also think that this is the show telling us, like, listen, this is not a narrative about these people 
overcoming or winning just because they're underdogs. You know, sometimes the underdog just gets Do- just gets just kicked dies. and dies. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're right and, and and I think what helps in this not feeling inconclusive is that Hurst leaves. Yeah. I think that is hugely important to this and I don't I don't know. I um I don't know if it was Ben or somebody else had mentioned that there were some changes made to this episode when they knew it was going to be the end of the series. Mm. I don't know what those changes were. I wonder if her leaving was 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 one of those changes. I can see that. Um, as opposed to keeping him around so that he could, you know, sort of continue to be a villain. Well, him leaving um, does kind of uh, come out of nowhere. So I actually that makes well a lot exactly of sense that's that's why I it, mm-hmm. it struck me as I like, got. However, because he's leaving. And there was sort of that, there has been sort of that implication where like even last episode he said something about how, you know, he doesn't really, like he's alone and doesn't really want to be there. And like, this is, you know, I need to, you know, sort my business out, but I, you know, he kind of, there's kind of like some, some vague allusions to this, but then he, but anyway, the, what I guess just the point of, uh, of saying this is just that um, he, the fact that he leaves doesn't make it feel like what's going to, you know, if he's still left in the town, that would have really felt like a uh, outstanding question. And we made, we know he's in the movie, right? So uh, just based on the trailer, spoiler alert uh, for, for yeah. who don't know, but he's in the film. Um, and of course, George Hurst did not die in Deadwood um, as far as we know. Um, uh, or so, as far as I know, I, I don't, I don't believe he, he died in Deadwood. Uh, and I, and I think it's, it would have it would have been confusing and it would have been like a lot harder to pick up that thread if you just sort of left this this predator in town basically um so i think that's part of it and i also i completely agree with you i you know they it's kind of a funny uh, anticlimax to build up so much with like the assembling of these these little mini armies basically where you have the pinkertons um you have the you know potentially like soldiers could be like a looming threat outside the the town. You have uh, Wu's uh, folks who are getting guns, and you have um, uh, Hawkeye coming in with the the eighteen, seventeen and a half, seventeen and a half, I guess. Which is <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something. Um, and and so they're sort of building this like this showdown, and then they kind of just pull the rug out and go, actually no. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of I, I love that just narratively, and I agree thematically, it makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Harry? Story. I'm so glad you guys are on the same page because I've uh, I've always defended this finale as being like obviously maybe not the intended finale but a very good finale. Uh, nevertheless, it really always felt to me like it does a really elegant job of sort of tying up uh, some threads and and even even if it's more some of the conclusions feel more like like gestures at conclusions than like literal story ends. Mm-hmm. But I also think that feels more in peace with the kind of show this is yeah. than sort of neatly tying everything into a bow. I think that's, I think that's definitely true. There's a lot of like sweet moments and sort of poetic mm-hmm. uh, continuations or, or, or um, references or whatever that I think help make it feel like if we didn't see these characters ever again, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't feel like we got completely cheated. Now, granted, we're saying all this. I'm sure we probably all would agree that two more seasons of Deadwood wouldn't wouldn't have been a bad thing. But <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's good. I think one thing that's even uh, just to, uh, as an example of this of um, of concluding 
uh, elements um, that we might uh, might have seen more of had there been more more seasons. Um, the, <laughs> I like that it it opens with this. Um, uh, it were early on in the episode. There's this uh, scene with Langriche mm. who asks the very fundamental question of what what a theater troupe or what a theater man has to do with anything that's happening. Yeah. And uh, and it's nice to like it's get that sort of meta commentary that we've been asking as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, so even that gets like, not a conclusion, but at least an acknowledgement, like, yes, we know this probably was going to go somewhere and we're never going to get to see that. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, theater company definitely most feels like a season four plot yeah. thread, yes, right? Yes, like yes. Exactly. Definitely something we've been talking about all season, yeah. This idea that, like... Mm-hmm. It's weird because you can't you 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 have to assume that this was going somewhere, but the fact oh, yeah. that it's, it's so <laughs> like it so decidedly doesn't you know in any way <laughs> it really like it feels deliberate it feels like the only moment you know we can talk there are two kind of threads that are really blatantly left hanging that are just kind of mm-hmm. not indefensibly unresolved but just unresolved in a way that I don't think necessarily uh feels like conclusive and one of them is the th- one of them is the mm-hmm. theater troupe uh it just yeah you never knew what they were about what the whole idea was w- what their story was supposed to mean or, or signify their the relationship to the town yeah, yeah it's it's just and and it's clear that like all right they were they they must have had ideas for like where they were gonna go with this that they just didn't. And the second thing is uh, Doc Cochran's illness that is just completely dropped and not brought mm-hmm. up again. And I, again, I've seen the trailer for the movie. I know he's in there. So presumably he survives. <laughs> one one would assume they've changed his fate from what it was going to be. It is weird that it, that's one thing where it's yeah. like, that's the sort of thing that feels like a season arc that probably should have had some kind of resolution at the end of the season. It's just a little strange that they don't really mm. come back to it at all. Does he even... Yeah, sorry, he's, he's not, not even not in this episode, he was, is he? He was no. briefly yeah. seen last week when he was kind of patching up Hurst, but I don't even think we heard him cough mm. as far as I can remember. It's just not a part of the story anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was some brief allusion to it, but also he there was periods where he could barely talk and wouldn't mm-hmm. talk, and he did seem to be getting better episode from to episode. So I think there was, there was never a period where they like sort of concluded that, but I think, or, or, or said, you know, he's recovered or whatever, but there there definitely were periods where he like wouldn't talk to people. He was wandering around coughing his lungs up and it was awful. And then there were episodes subsequent to that where he was a lot more, he was like able to speak. He wasn't coughing as much. And, and as you said, even last episode, he wasn't. I think he maybe he coughed a little bit. I can't remember, but it wasn't significant. And um, so I think there's sort of an implied, even though it's not like a a major point, that he's not. It, it's not as bad as it was. Now the question is, of course, then why? Because <laughs> it seemed to come and go, and then like, it, what's the point of that plot? But um, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it at least on the front of like, would you know, is this a mortal illness that they sort of you know, retcons for the film. I, I have no idea. Um, and maybe we'll learn something in the movie. Maybe he actually doesn't say anything in the movie because he, like, lost his voice <laughs> or something. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just no... Uh, uh, there's no resolution to this, but I also think that, you know, perhaps we're meant to believe that he 
is recovering or or is on the way to recovery. Yeah, I guess so. It it is just um, I I guess I just if you know it's funny because this is a shortened episode from what we normally get, not by much, but by a couple minutes, mm. like enough that it feels mm. a little abbreviated. And I think it would have been nice mm. to get just one scene with Cochrane that kind of put that uh, story to bed, put his arc to bed this season. Um, although, of course, I understand, like, it's not really related to anything else that's going on. It would have felt maybe distracting. Um, but it does leave it as this one thing that's like, all right, like, uh, it's it's not really it's not really resolved. I, I, it's not <laughs> I'm not like even being critical, like it's not killing the episode for me. It's just, I think, worth pointing out. No, you're definitely. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that you know, it, if if any, if nothing else, it it lends to the sense of unfinished business that this um, episode, you know, doesn't exude, but certainly is. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like a series finale. It does feel like a season finale. But it, like I said, it does. And as we discussed, it does have. It has these elements, but it that sort of hits more on the side of unfinished, uh, unfinished business for sure. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we should get into the, you know, what actually happens here because it's uh, it's all pretty momentous and depressing. Well, <laughs> this episode's pretty depressing. <laughs> um, I think maybe best to start with, uh, I guess there's the the central like just the central plot of this episode is there's fallout from what happened last episode, which is that Trixie shot at Hearst uh, and um, and Hearst killed um, uh, Ellsworth. Both of these things lead to um, this, uh, like the, the, the thrust of this episode, which is that um, Alma sells her claim uh, so that she can, uh, basically um, Hearst's uh, plan works, which is to intimidate her into selling. So the plan is uh, uh, sell him the claim so that he won't try and kill me uh, and I can stay in Deadwood uh, or, or kill Sophia. Um, and uh, in addition to that, uh, Hearst demands to have um, Trixie held accountable for uh, shooting Hearst. And uh, the decision they make in order to sort of accommodate this is um, it's pretty brutal. So, yeah, I don't know what... <laughs> Well, it's interesting because the whole episode is framed by the fact that it's election day. Um, so <laughs> it's all <laughs> kind of taking place in this context of uh, not only are they kind of uh, figuratively losing to Hearst this battle in, in what happens in this <laughs> episode. They're also literally losing the election because of it. Like Hearst is beating them there. Um, like <laughs> kind of shockingly blatantly when we get the vote totals. It's it's pretty disgusting. Um so that is kind of that surrounds everything that happens here. And again, it's like you spend the whole season building up to these elections and you kind of want like the res the ending you want is that they can muster enough support or whatever that it won't matter that, that like, oh, Seth will win anyway because people like him and and Hearst can't, um, you know, he can send in all the fake votes he wants, but there's, you know, he can't stop uh Seth's genuine popularity, but no, it doesn't matter. Like they just lose and they lose overwhelmingly. It, you know, there's nothing they can do. He just buys, he the just buys it, and that's he can just do that. Um, so the entire episode exists in that context, and I think it reflects on what 
uh, Al thinks he is forced to do, basically. Um, because, again, the, the point of this episode is that Hurst wins. They can't beat him, you know? It, it, it's, mm. it is unremittingly bleak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so one thing, just it's funny about the election. We knew Seth was going to lose, partially because we had it's been foreshadowed just in that we knew that the plan was to um to stuff the ballot boxes with the uh, with soldier votes um but also we know historically that seth bullock the actual person didn't win the election which uh, actually ben alluded to last week um and uh, and and of course we know the the real reason he lost was because he wasn't very popular in, <laughs> in among uh, working people um but yeah, but here we know that uh, that or, or the it, it's quite the opposite, which is that he's probably pretty popular in Deadwood. It seems like, um, you know, there's that awesome scene with uh, with Richardson and Aunt Lou, where even Aunt Lou's like knows knows she she knows the side she's involved, even though she can't vote, <laughs> and she's like, make sure Richardson, who may or may not have ever been interested in voting, goes out and votes for Bullock because she knows the sides, uh, <laughs> she knows what the stakes are, and is and is invested in that, and that's that's really cool. It's like a cool little snapshot, um, and also you know a little bit of there's a little bit of commentary, of course, about democracy and and who's allowed to vote, who's allowed to participate in things here that we get um, scattered throughout the episode. Um, but yeah, and and the other thing that I don't fully understand, maybe it's uh, maybe I'm not quite getting it, but like, why is why is Bullock in a countywide vote? Like he's a sheriff of Deadwood, right? He's not a sheriff of the whole. Why does it come down to a countywide vote? How does that? I don't even. I'm not sure how that. Um, works. I thought I ha- I thought I did understand this. I'm not sure though. I think the I, I think the point is that it's because it's being incorporated into a state uh, mm. that has mm. like kind of the surrounding townships are kind of just like collected into this one i don't know if he'd have i guess he must have jurisdiction over those locations right but you know he's right but like maybe not active patrol exactly i mean he can't be yeah. in all those places at once obviously mm. um mm. but also makes or maybe he might get called to them individually because yeah. deadwood yeah, is a camp like right it's not like it's something. not huge so it's worth considering mm. like well maybe you're the sheriff of just of this uh county you know this 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 area that might you know in modern times have just become a single city just because everything just gets absorbed mm. into each other. I don't know. I really don't. Um, yeah, and I don't even know yeah. how modern. I know there are sheriffs now, even, but I don't really know how they work. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so it wasn't really a thing where we came from. <laughs> but but like in you know it, there are still sheriffs all over like the west and the south and things like that, and I I, just, I don't really know how they how they function. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe that's it. I was just it was something that occurred to me as I was listening mm. to this, and I was like, why is he? He's like a local, you know, of, official. I don't know what, but yeah, I guess it's it's um, has to do with the incorporation and things like that. So it's, it's it becomes countywide. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I think it's the overwhelming this like wave of uh, of Hearst's victories just like overwhelms the camp, and it's uh, yeah, it's tough tough to deal with. I, I'm. Uh, I, I think this is a it's a important to wrestle with you mentioned Al's decision uh in this episode and like yeah I how did you guys feel about this about this uh uh yeah this pretty brutal um <laughs> choice he makes what do you think Harry 
I mean, Al's never been a good person, really, <laughs> I think. Um, and I think it's it's interesting that the choice to front him uh, sort of confronting that within this episode. You, you Esther, called out the the sort of cleaning motif recurring throughout this season. I'm glad you brought that up. And I think I was like feeling very yeah, vindicated. like the recur the <laughs> the recurrence of that of this episode. I think like says a lot about about where Al's at, right, in regards to just the sort of guilt and weight of these terrible things he does by the end of this episode. Um. Yeah, it's brutal, though. It's really brutal. I was thinking about this in the context, actually, of um, of uh, of Woolcut, and when he kills uh, those three prostitutes at the Chez Ami. Mm. And yeah, I mean, how do you guys feel about this? It's a, it's a it's an event. It's something that happens off screen. Um, obviously, so I mean, I guess prior to that, we have this really quite um, moving. And surprisingly courageous turn from Johnny, who stands up mm-hmm. to Al, yeah. which is a, it's really it's really sad and heartbreaking, um, and it almost seems like it works. But then, of course, Al's just going to do it anyway. So, um, but I, I think it's it's nice. It, it still has meaning, uh, and I also like mm-hmm. Dan's post murder uh, chat with Johnny, where he says, "You know, you pick the one that you have feelings for, and he picked the one he had feelings for, and." You know, basically saying you you two aren't that different because you would have rather Trixie died, I guess, right? Like well, we don't really know what Johnny would have sure. really wanted there, but it sort of poses them as like you really you really aren't that different, even though you 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 feel like you've been affronted or, or that this was unfair. Um, but the actual act is off screen, and but there's a you know, but the power dynamic is still there that you kind of that you saw with Volcott and these those prostitutes and like is it because this has uh, a purpose um and it's not just sort of a rage murder that it's that it's different is it is it really better are these like moral equivalency i don't i don't know i it was something i was i was trying to come to terms i mean i guess he feels bad afterwards well, what but, i think is interesting you know, about the about the dynamics here is that there's a version the version of this episode where al kills trixie is an episode where he is forced to because that's what Hearst wants him to do and he has no choice, right? Like, there's the version of this episode Mm -hmm. where Hearst just completely exerts his dominance over Al and forces him to do something Al doesn't want to do and would never do. And Hearst is the villain and Al is the victim and Trixie is the victim. But Al doesn't do that. He decides this is his way both of, uh, you know, maintaining some power or feeling like he maintains some power. Um, and also, like, you know, he's... He, there are sentimental reasons attached to this, and Al never acts on sentiment, ever. This is one of the first times we see him do this. Mm. So I think it speaks both to Al as a character that he's driven to this point where um, he, is base, he is being asked to do something that, you know... I'm not going to say Al has no conscience, but he has a very uh, pragmatic, I guess, way of looking at the world most of the time. And this is a moment, this is an episode where Al is kind of forced to confront that he does, there is someone in this world he cares about and that he is not willing to, to, to harm her. And I think it's something I noted that I think is really important is that Jen is not a character, you know? 
it would be different if it was yep mm-hmm. um what's her name dolly i think who al who else yep. uh, has sex with on numerous occasions and talks to a lot like if it was a character we were familiar with mm-hmm. and that we had some kind of uh attachment to i think this would be a very play very differently but the fact that it's not a character that we don't see it happen that it is kind of this it it, it speaks to just i think the nature of deadwood is an ensemble show the idea that like there are all these kind of extras on the show who darn aren't important to the narrative and jen has never been important to the narrative but that doesn't mean she doesn't matter you know what i mean it doesn't mean that like Mm -hmm. her life has no value um but of course, when Wolcott killed the the three women at, at the Chesame, we also didn't. Was it three women? Yes. It was three women, right? We we also so. didn't know them. You know what I mean? Like they, it, it was a similar. It was still a similar dynamic there. Um, I mean, like we. The thing is here, we're aside from it happening off screen, which I think was an a, an intentional choice. Uh, because I think they want that. If, if you can almost feel like the. Uh, the folks behind the camera are trying to balance the fact that they want this to happen because it's part of the narrative that they want to tell, but they don't want to make Al look bad. <laughs> so, I don't see that. So they have him. I sort disagree. Of, I, I don't think know. The point of this is that Al, really? they want Al to look bad. Al makes a selfish decision and it's at the cost. It's at the I, cost I think... of someone who, you know, and, and we see basically she is kind of, uh, she is granted the audience sympathy, you know, if you didn't have the sympathy just because she's a person who is alive and doesn't deserve to die, you know, then that's one right. thing. But the way that Johnny treats her and talks about her kind of grants mm-hmm. her that as well. I think Al comes off, you know, more uh, villainous in this episode than he has since season one. I think he comes off terribly. I think so. Especially the choice to take like valuable real estate in this episode to forefront uh both Johnny's sort of grief and and struggle and Trixie's response yeah. too, mm. I think feels really important. Absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah. No, I think I think so. I guess I guess I would stop short of villainous, not not as a judgment call on what he did. <laughs> Let me be very clear mm. about this. Um, this is going to be some religious <laughs> moralizing for you folks, which is that uh, I can tell you in the Jewish in the Jewish religion, uh, you are not allowed aside from the you're you know don't don't, not murdering in general not not allowed you're also not allowed to murder an innocent person to save a life that's forbidden specifically what he does here is expressly forbidden if you have somebody had a gun to your head and said kill this person basically what 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 johnny said when johnny says no that is the you know to to go on a on on uh, by that like mm-hmm. um, moral framework is, is the correct thing to do. Um, and I think so in that, by that standard, a hundred percent, like there's, there's no doubt what he does is, is bad, but I'm not convinced that the show here is, tr- is painting him as villainous the way that we saw like Wolcott. Well, villainous, where he really villainous is, is, is I think the wrong, like I a, shouldn't a, have used that word at what, I, I mean, thinking okay. of him as when he was a villain in season one, what I what I guess I mean mm-hmm. to say is that he is painted for. We often think you know, we've kind of grown to think Al of, of Al is this person who is ruthless and kind of and obviously morally compromised, but he acts in the best interest of the camp. You know, mm. this is an this is an instance where Al, the only person whose interests he's acting in is himself. 
And you can say he's acting in Trixie's interest, but it's not about Trixie. It's about how he feels about Trixie. No. So he, in this moment, we're kind of reminded. And I also think it's important that we don't see Al wrestle with this at all. You know, we don't see him at least before it happens. The first true. time, the That's first true. time we see him in no, this episode, yeah. he says point blank, like, well, so Jen has to die. We're going to, we have to kill her. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no moment where he's like, ah, shit, I can't believe, you know, it's come to this. I can't believe I have to do this. This is awful. Um, and in this final scene, I mean, God, can we just talk about what a stunning final image for a show to go out on? Just something that's so spectacular, beautifully yeah. encapsulates like everything about this character and about this show. And I'm glad you brought up that like, I, I did. I have seen this throughout the season, this motif of Al scrubbing the floor, scrubbing mm-hmm. the, you know, wiping the bar really fervently and furiously. And it's obviously all leading up to this moment where it's like he's... He's, he's kind of left himself the responsibility of cleaning up this mess, but like, um, you know, it's this, he, he, he has been put in this position, but at the same time, he has put himself in this position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also his commitment to cleaning up his own mess, I think is also a thing that's, that's emphasized here, right? Here he doesn't even ask Jewel to attempt it before he decides to do it himself. Yeah. It just, it's just him who, and he commits before even, he's just like, this is, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to do it. Um, and it's actually what he wanted to do initially. And then Johnny's the one who says, I'll do it. And then doesn't. Um, Mm -hmm. So he, for, (laughs) on the grades of ways to handle this bad decision, even worse, he could have pawned it off on somebody. Uh, and instead, in sort of an, a very unfeeling way, and I think that's the kind of thing you might expect from. Sai, I was going to say I was going to say Sai, but I think that's the distinction the show draws: is that Sai is the kind of guy who will. He does in this episode. He murders yes. Leon, and then he tells Janine, "Like, go get uh, Khan to clean it up." Right. Like the show, I think draws a yes. very clean line in in that in that instance. Yes, 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 and I and I actually wanted to talk about the the the, but, but I guess. So yes, a side type character, or um, but just sort of that uh, like unfeeling Hurst type character. Actually, I think Hurst also being an example of it. like Hurst would never clean up, you know. And as far as he he's threatened people, and he has he's even hurt people, but he's never killed anyone himself, as far as we can see. I don't think he killed Hurst's messenger a couple um, episodes ago. No, no, no. Hurst hasn't killed. Oh, him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Hearst hasn't done it himself. And it's that sort of like distancing yourself from a thing so that you can act like mm. you had nothing to do with it. That's Hearst. And Al's, we know this, right? It's something we've observed in the past, but this is something that he committed to doing himself and did it. So like, it's, you know, I don't want to give him points for that, but it's just like, at least he's, he's not trying to feign distance, right? Like, well, I've asked my henchmen to do it. I don't want to know. He's like, no, I'm going to do it myself. And I think that that, is something that he maybe uses as a means to to not justify but deal with these choices that he's made because he could say you know i'm the one who has to deal with it i've i'm sort of forced to look at in look the situation in the eye the person in the eye when i do the thing and that's you know he says even in this episode he specifically points out that he never learned to use a gun right cuz and it's always it's always with a knife close in um, and I think that that's a uh, that's sort of one of his his ways of 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 coping with it or doing it sort of the right way. 
you know what I mean? Doing it in a way where it's 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 not it's not a delegated task. It's something that he's doing himself. I think that's a that's significant for for Al. Um, but I agree with you that there is this contrast with with Sai as well, especially since we also see Sai and his uh, sort of a, a, a love interest <laughs> in Joni, who has obviously no interest in him um, in in a romantic sense. Uh, and so, so that that contrast definitely is drawn in the episode as well. Um, yeah, but I think just to like, Al is so interesting in this episode because he is, like I say, he makes a selfish, very sentimental decision, and it is so. Despite being so counter to kind of what we've been led to understand about Al, it feels like the complete, like it feels like exactly what he would do. Like there was no question in my mind that he would ever allow. Trixie that he would ever kill Trixie or allow her to be killed for Hurst you know and when you think about it like the reason for that is you understand that he cares about Trixie in his own way um so I think it's I mean it's hard to talk about because what he does is so is kind of undeniably despicable but it's kind Mm -hmm. of weighted against the fact that Hurst you know Hurst did put him in this position where he has to kill a woman that he knows, you know, there's no real way out of that. And I think it's, it, it that makes it hard to talk about because I want to talk about this in terms of mm-hmm. like the choice that Al makes, but the choice that he makes is presented to him by Hearst. It's there's mm-hmm. no, it, it has to be understood in that context. Yeah, just on, in terms of motifs, really briefly, I just wanted to to mention. You may have observed the scrubbing, but I observed the hair, and they very specifically have him <laughs> go into the sort of wild hair uh, uh, version of Al that we saw for a couple of episodes this season. Um, and I think that that's also, you know, it really it's a really strong indicator of somebody who is, as we know, always very well well kept. I think when he his hair is strewn about and he is sort of looking a bit wild. It's a, it's an obvious reflection of his, what's going on inside where he's just really wrestling with what, what's happened. And I think this is, you know, and that's why the, the final line of this episode is so it's a, it's a fantastic line, right? It's um, Mm. that he, he's, he's basically Johnny comes to him and asks because he's so distraught over what happened. And he says, you know, did she, did she suffer? And he says, um, he basically says he doesn't want to talk. He's like, yeah, you know, I did it. I did, did the best I could. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, and then says that, you know, he, he wanted me to tell him something pretty, um, as if there's, and, and the follow on from that is as if there's anything, any way to dress this up, if there's any way to, as if there's any way to make this, moral or right or beautiful yeah. or anything i mean like it's just when i that, say it's unremittingly right? it's bleak. him fully acknowledging when i say it's unremittingly the, bleak the that's what i mean it. is like that final line is yeah. saying like it's what it's leaving you with whether it was for a perspective next season or just as leaving the show like there's no silver mm. lining there's no yep if there's a silver lining it is in you know what's the only good thing that happens in this episode it's Joni and jane being cute again absolutely you know? yeah. love does <laughs> blossom still um mm. but in terms of like this central conflict and the central thematic conflict of the show yeah there is no silver light there's nothing good comes out of this there's no version of this that ends well for these people and like the most just uh 
not the most tragic, but the most just like, God, I can't believe how depressing this is moment in the episode for me is when Seth walks up to Hearst's carriage and tells him to get Mm -hmm. out of town, even though Hearst has already decided to leave town. Hearst is on his way out, and the only thing Seth can do is puff himself up and like basically play act that he's that he's kicking this man out of town. This man he has no power over. Even though he's not even sheriff. Anymore, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's 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 yeah. just oh god, it's it's makes your soul sink. It's terrible. It's <laughs> uh, so immediately undercut by by you know Bullock explaining that he knows that too. Like they don't even. There's no, there's no, not even an illusion. He immediately, I forget the exact line, but, you know, basically immediately says like, he didn't do anything, nothing. Yeah. He didn't actually take action this time. Mm -hmm. And he says he's going to have a hard time falling, you know, falling asleep because he's, he feels like he didn't, he didn't do a thing, which is what Seth usually does. He does a thing. Mm -hmm. It's not always the smartest thing, but it's a thing. And he feels like he just didn't do anything in this case. Um, But yeah. And I also just uh, to, to extract it from its context a bit. I kind of like this final line of the episode in just a reflection on Westerns uh, because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Deadwood was, it wasn't the first like dark and gritty uh, revisionist uh, Western Western show, but yeah, exactly. But it, Mm -hmm. it certainly is a landmark one. And one that I think because it went on, it wasn't just a movie. It was like a a full on three season show, uh, prestige drama. There was um, it to, to say that you can't make this reality pretty. Um, and we know that in real life, it was probably even worse than this because a lot of the characters they've sort of made nice are not like even Bullock, but especially Al Swearingen, um had no redeeming features as far as I can tell. Like Al, Al Swearingen was not, like not a, like a good person. Um, and, uh, but they've sort of, not that he's a good person in the show, but they've, they've given him a lot more, like I said, more redeeming features. Mm-hmm. Um, but the version of the West that we were sort of given for decades is pretty. It's very cool. The good guys win. It's um, it's all on some set in California or whatever. So everything looks pristine and like dusted in just the right way and all the rest of it. Um, and I think that it's kind of a funny like meta commentary also just on, on the genre. Well, it's interesting because like, um, you, you know, there have been revisionist Westerns for years. There have been, you know, Westerns is just about anti-heroes. Most, a lot of Westerns, mm-hmm. not most maybe, but a lot of Westerns are about right, like Tombstone anti-heroes. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Even just like, um, you know, Clint Eastwood movies are very often, he's not a good guy necessarily. Um, mm. John mm-hmm. Ford, a little, John Wayne stuff, very different, um, obviously. But yeah, like it's, this is definitely like territory that Westerns have explored before, but usually there is that element of like, well, he's kind of, you know, nasty and vicious, but maybe he... Uh, has a heart of gold or maybe or he has a code or he has a code or it's like uh yeah. like i watched this great movie called and god said to cain earlier this year it's an antonio margaretti movie um and the uh, protagonist of that is just like completely vicious and murderous um but they're because of the narrative like he's justified he was done wrong he was done unjustly by people right. more powerful sure. than him so mm. he is like you know he you you can uh you can be on side with him in that way. So this is an, a, this is like a little bit of the like Punisher vibe. Yeah. Like Westerns are often yeah. about underdogs. Westerns are, are often mm-hmm. about like, they're not often about the guys in the fancy suits who come from the big city. You know what I mean? The people with money and power, they're right. about the underdogs mm-hmm. and they're about them succeeding and winning. Um, 
so this is an example yeah. of a Western where, you know, I guess we'll see what happens in the movie, but just taking the three seasons on their own, like that kind of person as depicted on this show just completely loses. They have no quarter. They have no ability to fight back. Now, Harry, I, I assume you've, you've seen mm-hmm. the movie already. I have, yeah. <laughs> so this must be killing you. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm resisting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can only imagine what happens is that Al and Seth, with locked arms, uh, skip down the street and uh, then go up to George Harrison and kill him together. And it's a great... <laughs> and that's the, op- it's that's actually the opening all a scene. It's, and it's, a it's wonderful. <laughs> that's the opening scene, and then the rest of it is just moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the the rest of it is they go back in time, and it's a whole. They go back in time, and they fix, um, and they save um, Hofstetler, and um, they make everything exactly. right. Exactly. I don't know how you call that so well. That's crazy. I know, no right? Well, you know, I, I may have looked into some synopsis. Um, oh. I'm honestly, I like, I, I don't want to get us off track, but I will probably be watching this movie as soon as we get done recording because I cannot wait a week. I need Hell to yeah. know. I'm so desperate to know, but I also kind of want like a fresh reaction. So some of us had to wait years, years. So, someone oh, said yeah, that I mean, to I me on Twitter. Years. I was talking yeah. about how like we only have a couple episodes of the show left, and someone was like, "I can't believe you have to wait a week to watch the movie." That's off. They, like, they were upset <laughs> that 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 I only had to wait a week. So I like you don't know what it means. To <laughs> uh. Um, but yeah. Uh, so actually, you mentioned Sai earlier. I mean. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's talk a bit about him and his his interaction with Joni, and then also when he just sort of murders Leon. Like oh, Leon's yeah. dead now. Leon will not be in the film. That's nope. crazy. <laughs> not that he was like a huge character, but it's just like last minute. You know, let's just throw Leon onto the body pile. Like it says, it's pretty brutal. Um. But yeah. What do you guys What do you guys think of the scene where um, where Joni comes to 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 see him? Because I actually thought this was a really good conclusion to that art. I speaking of conclusions. think I agree. I think, you know, it's obvious, like anytime I see Joni going back there, it's kind of frustrating. It's like, please stop it. Please let go. Mm. But I think this is a mm-hmm. moment where what she's telling Sai is that she's letting go. She's basically saying like, look, mm. I know that you, you know, she's kind of trying to placate him, maybe say in, in how she says, like, I know when you came by the other day, it was because in your own way, you care about me. Um, mm. and there's a butt coming, right? There's a, yeah, right. There's a, you know, but on the other hand, um, <laughs> and it, it's, I, I agree that it does feel conclusive to their relationship in a way that like, there have been so many moments where it feels like she leaves and then she comes back or she's drawn back or mm. Sai goes to see her and it's like, it's never over. It does feel like the two with the two of them, it's over now. Um, which is good. I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. She she even point. I mean, I think this is really important what she says here, um, because she very specifically says that, um, and of course he can't resist making some homophobic remark or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like he says, or she says uh, specifically that she's she's grateful to him for not letting her die. Mm-hmm. Because she's happy now, mm-hmm. and she never would have gotten to this place if she had died. <laughs> but she doesn't say she was happy with him at any point in time. 
and f- well, and further also outlines that uh, she observes that he's 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 looking better, which also just reemphasizes the point that she hasn't really been to visit him during his recovery since mm. she's she sort of veered off under her own path. So like she's just now seeing that he's like on his two feet and is 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 recovering a bit. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I was wondering if if either of you got the impression um, that she is in some way sort of extending some. I, I get the impression maybe from from Joni in this scene that she's sort of curious to see how Sai will respond, and um, the fact that you know she extends the sort of grateful, if if sort of final, slightly grateful um, sort of speech to him, and he is so vicious in response, mm. feels in some way like a final straw. I think. Um, but I don't know, like, do you read it as her coming in with the decision to completely end things there? Think, or do you think she's... I think I do, because I think what she's saying in the scene is like, when she says, I found happiness, what she's saying is basically, mm. I don't mm-hmm. need you anymore. And which, and she's saying this obviously in a way that placates sure. him and it makes him, and it's an attempt to make him mm. feel good about himself. It's like, well, thank you for bringing me to this point where I can finally be happy. Um, but what she's really saying is, I'm happy now. It's all, like, I don't, I don't need your help anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't need you in my life anymore. Um, and I think it's very cleverly, it's very clever, the writing in that way, that it's able, that she's able to, that this is how she presents it, basically, I, I think is really cool. Definitely. Uh, and do you, do you guys read this as being sort of responsible for size snapping? Oh, 100%. Later? Yeah, absolutely. No. It's de- yeah, it's definitely why. Yeah. Hard, I th- hard not to. I think there's a, there's a strong, like, uh, I'm, mad that i can't have her kind of uh feeling which you know it's been going on for a long time and, and this is the, fi- the finality of finality of it has gotten him um has like it has caused him to snap there but uh mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think just just to to go back to what you were saying i think the um it it wouldn't i think the decision was made before she went in if mm-hmm. there was any, in- I don't think there was any intention to sort of extend an olive branch and see how it was received. I think it was more if if that was a t- um, uh, if there was anything going on there, it was to reconfirm her decision to say like, mm. I I, I know he's going idea. to respond. Yeah, I know he's going to respond badly to this. And on the off, you know, maybe some part of her was like, maybe he'll surprise me, but more. Likely than not, he's just going to say something nasty, and that's just going to confirm my decision to just sever mm-hmm. ties. Um, so she may have been doing that, uh, or she may have just wanted to just say her piece so that she could be done with the whole situation. And and yeah, and and I think it's actually you know it's it's terrible that 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 Powers Booth passed away, and and it's not going to be in the movie. But because of that, we know that that storyline is has to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so it kind of it I this works i think well as that clean break between those between the the end of this show and then whatever happens in the movie mm-hmm. because i think this does feel like there's a there's a, a, a disconnect in the con or not a disconnect a, an intentional sort of a pause in the continuity so it can go off in a new direction I think you guys have even commented too uh, on this season how um ineffective Sai has become as a character too like he just feels so trampled from all perspectives mm-hmm. that i do think um, he feels defeated to me by the end of this episode. Like it doesn't feel like he could bounce back to be a looming presence in further even seasons. Really, yeah, I completely um, agree. It does, and it's funny because you know what happens to him in this episode is that Hurst extends this offer of like, 
I want you to be, I want you to run everything, but everything in the camp, but the mining, basically. Right. You'll be in charge of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a lot. Make, yeah, but it's funny because I, I think Harry's exactly right. In making that offer, it feels like Psy is somehow more out of the picture than he even was before. It feels like he is so far afield, like that he doesn't even really matter anymore. And obviously he's frustrated about that in addition to, 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 to being angry at Joni. And, and it's um, pointed. He intends to shoot Hurst briefly through that, through his final yeah. scene. True. Yeah. He, yeah. And that's the other thing too, is that I think that, I think the Joni bit adds to his, his anger, but the notification by the Pinkerton dude um, mm-hmm. also, is it, is it Newman, Mr. Newman or something like that? Yeah, yeah, um, Newman. Also, um, is, is like a huge reason why he, he freaks out. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously, as you pointed out, this is extremely evident when he has a gun pointed at at, um, at Hearst and doesn't and not at Jane, not at somebody. It's not like it's, mm-hmm. it's isn't a scenario where he's like taking it out on Joni and Jane. Um it directly anyway um certainly he's taking it on on other like women like janine and, and other and other folks but it's not um it's not it's it's not clear that that's the um the like object of his anger at that exact moment it definitely seems mm-hmm. like it's hearst um too bad he didn't take the shot that would have been interesting <laughs> it would have been interesting i would have been funny if like the show had gone in that moment just completely alternate history just like the shows that has been that has drawn so heavily from from actual historical yeah. events, just completely <laughs> throw just it out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just forget this is fiction now. <laughs> this is fiction now. I mean, that would be kind of fun, and also it would have the the thing that would have been kind of fun about that as well is because it's Psy, it's not like the good guys won. It's Psy, mm-hmm. who, you know, random. But also, the armies of Hearst won't crash down on Al or anyone. Like mm. it would, yeah, be, that would be a weird uh, turn. It's so funny how many like extras and folks they like pulled in to do the to set up the scene of potential battle and then just mm-hmm. nothing happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, uh, there's not loads else. Uh, we it's not really worth mentioning, but Steve's still alive, which is kind of crazy. Um, but there's a great cut this episode from from recovering Hearst's face to comatose like Steve's face. <laughs> that I thought was uh, yeah, <laughs> really good. Yeah, the uh, the other thing I really liked in the scene with with uh, Steve, who's putting my fingers in quotes here, quote uh, uh, playing checkers, um, which is uh, the, uh, the the guy he's playing with is somebody we've talked about before, but I, I still can't remember his name. Um, I don't know. He says that uh, he was uh, he, he kibitzes his moves, which is so. The reason I I'm glad you brought that up. I just I mean I was not a word I expected ever to hear in Deadwood, <laughs> and like maybe he's German, I don't know. Um, but why I uh, sort of hooked onto this kibitz in Yiddish is like chat. It's like what's. Uh, all the parents are doing and like after services at like synagogue, <laughs> like you go they're they're kibitzing, we're kibitzing. Um, so what he said kibitz is, which is apparently in this case, it's um, so it's Yiddish is very related to German. And I, I guess the phrase, it's like an American word um, in this context of being um, 
it, like cards if you're sort of looking at someone else's hand kind of thing. So it's kind of like is is cheating or but not cheating in like a you're a cheater kind of way, but sort of just like it's kind of slyly cheating on the you know that kind of thing. And um, mm. and that's sort of so anyway, it, it's not like this is no bearing on the the show at all. But it was just so jarring to hear what sounded to me like a Yiddish word coming out of like a old Western <laughs> character. And yeah, Esther sounds like she also reacted to that. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> I'm glad you looked it up because I had actually forgotten about it by the time the episode was over. But yeah, it's. Uh, I just was wondering in the context. Moment. I was like, that's not how I know the word to be used. So it was yeah. Was, I, well, that's the thing. It's like, is that? I don't think that's how anyone knows that word. <laughs> I looked even it's one non-Jewish of the two people. Yeah, yeah. Well, even non-Jewish people, like, I doubt anyone. If you asked anyone what kibitz means. Like, either they wouldn't know, or they would know the Yiddish meaning. Like, I've just... And it's funny for a show that is all about, like, uh, not kind of being... You know, that uses kind of old-timey slang and all, but that is also about, like, updating mm. the language these characters use in mm. certain ways. Uh, it's funny that they would... It's such a specific word, and such a <laughs> an unusual word. It's, it's a, Yeah, it's, it's an unusual choice. I'd, I would love to know if, like, David Milch, like found that word or like someone found that word in some document uh of the time period and was like oh that's an interesting we should like because david milch is all about language if he was like well you know that's you know let's find a way to work that in like that's kind of a Mm. word you don't hear very often it it could well be and also like for all we know that character is german and like right because you know maybe it yeah, yeah, German yeah. immigrant sure. or with German parents. It's just like that that particular backstory of a character we're never gonna ever hear anything about again. I'm you know <laughs> why not? Um but uh yeah anyway, sorry, just a funny aside. Um That's also the scene Harry Manning gets his fire truck, yes. which always yes. Yes. always oh, yes. cracks me up. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Just just that they take time to have him get his fire truck is so funny to me every time I watch this episode. It's great. And he gets, he's like, and they really hang on it. He really is just staring at oh, it. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, and the hats. <laughs> like, <laughs> it ends with him like tenderly stroking the crate. It's very good. <laughs> and he's the one who's, who's won the sheriff. Election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> um, that I, is something. I mean, I, I would love to see if the movie follows up on that at all. Um, I do. Think, I hope it does. I, I like that Tom gives him a. Uh, yeah, that would be cool if he was like the fire chief or something. Um, but I like that uh, Tom does give him props for you know, in fairness. Granted, Seth's actually doing sheriff work, um, and this is of course how every election goes or, or race goes, right? You know, you have a, for example, an incumbent president who's being president, and then you have the person who's able to spend all the time running around the country, like shaking hands because they're not currently in the position and that's exactly the mm. dynamic you have here where like seth doing the work of a sheriff uh but harry has t- nothing to do so he spends all his time in the rest of the county shaking hands now of course that's not why he won but in fairness he did put in that work um but then on the other hand of course like i said seth has real obligations uh, as the current sheriff so um yeah anyway it's just but i I, you know it's it's he's not a bad guy right like it's not like no one's begrudging him winning um but it's Mm -hmm. kind of a funny turn of events and i don't know how again speaking of like season four and how that would have gone you like harry manning as sheriff it's just it's hard to even foresee how that might have gone um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know uh or for all i know how it's you know i i don't know 
what Seth's position is in the film. It's certainly make it seem like he's a sheriff or something, but I don't. I, I, uh, in the joke. trailer, I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but in the trailer, Hurst calls him a marshal. Okay, so maybe he's a because he was a marshal, so maybe he's become a marshal again. Oh well, I guess he could just maybe he just goes back to his former title. I don't know. Yeah, like, like oh, if it's yeah Montana, right? Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's the that's the, uh, the, the the trajectory there. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Harry Manning will still be sheriff or something. I used to say. Um, the other person I think that's or the other. Yeah, the other person who we haven't really talked about this episode which, uh, is E.B. Farnham, uh, mm. who has not m- a whole lot to do, but two kind of uh, in- interesting moments. The first is when he goes to see Hearst. Um, mm. For no... F- uh, well, he, for a reason. I mean, Hearst summons him, but he he kind of opens it with, a, like, he feels like there's, like, a unspoken issue <laughs> that is weighing on his mind and of course Hearst has paid almost no attention to, to Farnham at all um, granted their last encounter was disgusting and horrible but like in general he's not really paying much attention and he gives him this note um, uh, and the note is about uh, what, what Al has to do with, with Trixie and it's, it's all horrible um, but uh, I love that scene where Farnham has to get the, the note from Hearst because he's like the way he approaches Hearst with his hand up, like he's approaching the sun or something. It's just, it's a great, it's a great shot. Like (laughs) we didn't talk a lot about the directing in this episode, but the shot that kind of follows and it's uh, the, everything else is out of focus and his hand is like wiggling and winding its way toward the letter. Um, it's a, Mm. it's a great, great shot. It's really good. Yeah, that's really good. And, uh, just as a quick point in terms of, um, uh, uh, interesting or, or cool shots, I like mm-hmm. the shot also of um, of I think it's Johnny and Adams walking with meat on them. Um, That's a, I, I noted that one a too. Nice, it's like, really long, nice. Yeah. Shot. yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Um, when they're oh, there's that great there's also that great moment when Dan asks uh, Adams what he's going to do, and Adams says murder. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so there's that that shot at Farnham, and then there's that great one at the end where he he's standing in Hearst's broken wall and on his veranda, just sort of posing. Yeah, he puts his hands on his hips. <laughs> so good. It's awesome. Actually, I've been I've been obviously I've seen the episode before, but I've been spoiled on that <laughs> shot. Uh, sort of the my second encounter with that shot because somebody had posted um, that like frame. And I was like, I don't remember mm. that happening. And then I looked at the the caption and it was like, from, you know, tell them something pretty the last episode of Deadwood. And I was like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> but I like that. I like that, like, uh, Farnham sort of standing triumphantly over Hearst leaving, something he had nothing to do with and did not in any way facilitate. Um, but sort of resuming his rightful place as the, again, quote, unquote, head of the town as the mayor. Um we also, also reclaiming guess, his hotel, right? Yeah, and that's then kind of how I took hotel. it. Yeah, exactly. I, I like Farnham's scene with Al a lot in this episode too. Just his sheer like panic and horror he's <laughs> yeah. describing over interacting with Hearst is I, I, the line I wrote down is when I hear his voice, I see the inside of his skull, which <laughs> yeah. I thought was so vivid. That's true. <laughs> Just, yeah, that, that that stuck out uh, to me as well. And when he. <laughs> When he's convinced that the letter says that he needs to die, like it's just mm-hmm. it's collapses yeah. backwards. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. Um, 
yeah, and uh, you know, with this the stuff with 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 Joni and Jane is really nice. I like uh, Jane playing with uh, Sophia, and then this whole psychic connection thing she's supposed to have with with Joni. It's all very sweet, and um, it culminates. And it's speaking of the, when it went earlier, Harry, when you were talking about the uh, um, some of the the callbacks and, and references that this episode makes, mm. I really like that they brought back a relic of the Wild Bill era of the show. Um, yes, it's uh, nice, I mean that scene. It's a nice, like, uh, yeah, little little bow tie on that. Can we talk about that scene? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. When Because there's this great moment where they're talking about Charlie, how he's good in a tight spot, and he's, you know, helpful. And then Joni says to Jane, I want to be that for you. I started crying. Oh. I, I, I teared up so this time, moving. too. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it's and really sweet. Jane's response to getting the blanket is just, mm. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> It's all great, and and I think it's also I think uh, uh, worth noting that Joni considered what Charlie did uh, to be so significant. It's important that mm. it's the thing that he did was get involved in this again racial dispute over voting, right? And it's again a, a, all mm. this meta commentary, of course, over elections and and even modern you know democracy and voter suppression and things like that in an election that was already fixed <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's still you know too much uh, it's just crazy but uh yeah um i also appreciated the, the the reading of like you know a reminder of like the constitution and the amendments significant because they had recently been amended <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. not that you know now it's like yeah right etc but at the time it was like yeah that thing that just happened is really important that and we have to like follow that as the new law so <laughs> um but yeah so and that's what Joni observes and you know this this um advocacy uh sort of position that charlie finds himself in not quite as elegant or as maybe forward thinking as seth but you know he still puts his his foot in it for for the for the sake of uh, ensuring that all the voting takes place and i think that that was um uh not a not unimportant uh, aspect of, of where joni's coming from but yeah no the scene mm-hmm. with, with them is just so sweet and there is some indication again for going purely off of the trailers that this is a uh, continued thread in the so mm-hmm. i'm excited for that <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I love these characters. Yeah, they're so great. Yeah, um, and they're all just such good actors. I'm so excited to see like where they are, you know, in in the film. Um, yeah, I. You know what? I think that's that's it. Can it possibly be? I will say this about Wu. There's not like his big conclusion was at the end of season two. Like, was there a big conclusion? His mm-hmm. big like finale was at the end of season two. He's been less of a character this season, and yeah. he doesn't get really anything in this um, this finale. So, or not really anything. I don't even know if we see him. Maybe from a distance. So we there's there's no. Oh, he's away. Right, because that's why they said they're leaving the IOUs for for Wu. Or well, maybe he shows up yeah. briefly, he's, but yeah, he's just come back with the with the folks, I guess, with the guns. Yeah. So I guess yeah, that's just camping happened, outside like, the town. He, I think he, he doesn't have any speaking lines in this episode. So like we have no interaction with Wu in this episode. So I, I hopefully we'll get something in the movie. I don't know, but he's, 
that's another sort of not loose end because it's not like a plot that needs it, but like he mm-hmm. doesn't get his like big scene to like close out his arc. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get something like that in the, in the movie. <laughs> it just feels. I mean, I know we have the movie next week, but I know it. It does feel like an ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, okay. So I'm excited for what they do next week, but it's gonna be. I don't know. It's it's gonna feel weird. Do we do we want to just reflect on the show in general, just quickly, like as a um, uh, as a series before we? Because the movie obviously might change that a bit, and obviously we'll we'll do that next week. Uh, in any case, um, because that'll maybe color how we think about it, but it might be good to just catalog our thoughts now and see if that changes at all, given given what the what the film does. Does that seem seem reasonable? Yeah, I mean, I like I, t- I talked a little bit about at just at the top about how I feel like the ending does encapsulate what the show is is kind of trying to say about power, um, in in a really in a really good compelling way. So, yeah, it's it's funny because I think this kind of now that you see Deadwood is not a you know because of the movie not a complete thing yet, but I do see it as a complete you know narrative and a complete uh uh the the thematic point it makes is made by the end of this episode Mm. about um kind of the and it's a bleak one the the impossibility ultimately of resisting uh money and resisting power that Mm. you uh, that you can't you can make kind of token resistances and you can make choices that may um kind of salvage your own uh feelings but ultimately, power gets what it wants. Um, yeah, you know, actually, I, a, you know, point, it, a point on that, just to, as an example of exactly what you just said, just and because we hadn't mentioned it before, um, Alma is a great example of this because, and I think that it, it, you know, it's power, which can be money, and certainly is often money in this show, but isn't always because she's certainly very wealthy, though not as wealthy as Hearst. Mm-hmm. But we do see this sort of token resistance, exactly as you said, when she's speaking to Hearst, signing over the the um, the claim, and actually later when she doesn't acknowledge mm. him, um, because she is a much she's much obviously she has a bit of support behind her, um, but she's much more forceful with Hearst and makes this like you know, sort of statement towards him and, and is very you know uh, defiant, but of course she's still signing over the claim, so he gets what he wants. So it's that exact example of like, you know, symbolic resistance, but not meaningful, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. So yeah, how about you, Harry? Um, yeah, I I would agree with with most of that. I think it's a really, uh, f- d- despite obviously feeling rushed and not feeling like you know a narrative necessarily the end of all these stories. I think it feels like a really elegant send off to the show. Um. I'm very, I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about the movie. Uh, I'll be excited to to see how that changes or doesn't change your perspective on this. Um, <laughs> but as, as someone who didn't have that until you know this year, I've always liked this finale mm-hmm. and um, felt like despite despite the sort of premature cancellation that sort of Deadwood as a as you know a, a whole work has always stood up sort of regardless. So. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, well, two things we know, right? Um, it's not true that everything that gets rebooted or re- revived is good. 
but Deadwood has had staying power. You're absolutely right. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there are, and it, it's partially due to the fact that there are some prominent writers and folks out there like Matt Zoller Seitz who are so obsessed with it that they keep writing about <laughs> books and essays and things. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and critics out there who have, you know, reviewed and sort of retrospect the, the episodes and things like that. So there's definitely been, mm-hmm. um, and one wonders how Deadwood might have, like, there's many shows that died in the early 2000s, which might not have in the modern era, um, with streaming, with, um, you know, internet writing, internet critique, etc., and, and, and essays, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different different way to experience the show, but it's it's been, it's it's managed to maintain its its position. It's always consistently listed on, like, the best shows lists. It's always, mm-hmm. If you look at the best, like, HBO series of all time, Deadwood always pops up towards the, uh, the top of that. Uh, it's definitely seen as one of the greats, and there's a lot of HBO shows out there. Even now, there's ones that I've, like, barely heard of. Um, that mm-hmm. are just all running, and I just I c- can't keep track of any of them. So like, um, and Deadwood sort of broke through all that noise despite coming out in two thousand three, two two thousand three, right? Yeah. So it's just it's it's cool to see it it uh, it coming back for this this film. But you're right that like it must have been enough on its own despite that because it managed to 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 make capture people's imaginations for so long. I think it's a fantastic show and it has a lot more going for it than it even I had thought going into this rewatch because my understanding of the show was that it was this really compelling drama and, and it had some interesting things to say about gender, for example. But I had sort of missed or not not missed, but not really engaged with like the the, the labor aspects of it. Like there's pretty overt critiques mm-hmm. of capital and and late and uh, and and clear through lines of like labor being on the on the good side but that the good side is but i like that the good side is sort of more gray than we would like to believe right the, the like the head folks in that 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 part of the camp are seth who has certainly many flaws and al who is probably not a good person in general like that's just not he's just not <laughs> um mm-hmm. he just has some some redeeming features but he's not a good person and and yet those are the sides that we're rooting for and i you know it's easy to make sort of a, a binary, but this show doesn't really work in that sense. And I always appreciate that about it is that it's without, without throwing its hands up and saying everything's bad and no one's really good kind of like um, juvenile morality. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, it does that, but cleverly and um, far more realistically, I think than most shows really manage. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No, I'm completely with you. It's like, it is kind of like, you know, I really wanted to use a word that will make me sound like the biggest prick in the world, so I won't. I'm going to say jejun. Um, <laughs> this kind of, are you blown away by that? That is the word that came, but I didn't want to say, you know, uh, whatever word you just used, I didn't want to repeat. Anyway, look, I completely vocab- agree with you. Listen, vocabulary is meant to be used, and you should use it if it's all right. If you can't come up with a hell yeah, way, use it. go for it. <laughs> um, no, I think you're absolutely right that it's there's a lot of television shows that are very childish in the way that they approach like depicting uh, just the idea that they're you know a show about morality that's like oh well you know anyone someone who seems bad might actually have good parts and and vice versa so it's like is anyone really good or bad yeah, and some exactly. of these shows explore this in the most like completely insipid way that doesn't really say anything other than like what i just said which is again like kind of 
childish in its in its lack of complexity. Exactly. I think Deadwood is interesting because it is ultimately kind of approaching that same concern, but in a way that is that feels like genuinely nuanced uh, mm-hmm. and genuinely complex. Um, I was I was actually thinking about it, and I think part of it, I actually maybe don't agree with that that last bit because I think I don't know if it approaches that. I think m- maybe one of its its advantages is it's shows like the ones that we're describing this or, or, or narratives, like there are video games that are like this, there are books like this. It, it, there's all kinds of media that are like that where like no one's really good kind of thing. They ask that question, like try and figure out who's the good guy. Ha ha, gotcha. No one's the good guy. Uh, right? That's the problem with it. Deadwood never or, asks or if someone who's good. That's, or that's if someone is the good guy, they get punished for it, right? Like right. that's the other thing mm-hmm. that happens all the time. Right, exactly. Um, if someone seems to be kind of, uh, 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 like they they they're you can't scratch them, like they're just they just radiate goodness. Uh, then the show punishes them because, like, well, you, you know, they they deserve uh, they deserve what the they got. World. That's not how it works. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. that's not how it works in the that's real a, world. Yeah. But there are people who are just good on the show who are allowed to be just good. Right. And that doesn't like their the complexity of their characters is not moral. And I think that's kind of the key. Right. I it's think not as like, I think focus it's on that, right? They can be we observe yeah. that about them and we can sort of we've we've asked that question of the show, but the show isn't like figure out who's the good guy on the show. That's never been the situation. We are asked to deal with moral questions sometimes, but not the morality of the characters per se that's not really a thing i think that's come up so frequently as like a a concept in the show and i think it's to its credit because if it was asking that question it would it might feel more you know didactic like that and it's it's just not so uh yeah i think that's that's the show (laughs) that's deadwood harry did you have any more thoughts I think you guys have said it all. I think that's a great, yeah, no. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. So um, before we wrap up, uh, Harry, do you have anything that you want to plug uh, or, or talk about? Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd at, at the third wall, T-H-E number three, R-D-W-A-L-L. And uh, I have a podcast that's mainly about movies, sometimes other things uh, called Winky's Diner Podcast that you can find on uh, on most podcast platforms. And that's that's pretty much the one. And Winky's Diner uh, is that a, is that in reference to something specific? It's, uh, it's it is Mulholland Drive. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible name, but we we're committed. It's a good name. Point. No, it's a really good name. I think it's fantastic. Name. I mean, it, you mean you could be the four hundredth podcast on uh, on um, uh, on like Spotify or whatever that's called some variant of WTF or something like that. So you know, it, it's much better to be. <laughs> With all due respect to all those podcasts, but like they're all, they all, they all sound like they're the same. They're all very different, but they just sound like they're the same podcast, right? So sure. Gonna stick out. Um, so that's great. That's, that's right. fantastic. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, for folks out there who are uh, looking to listen to more episodes of uh, Google Heads and our future uh, series, uh, you can subscribe on MovieFail, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, etc. There are links in the uh, post for this uh, for this episode. And uh, anything we've talked about here that, that might be referenced or in past episodes will, will be listed there, so you can check that out. Or you can just subscribe uh, to our to our mailing list and uh, and get the um, podcasts as soon as they're 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 posted, and they'll they'll just go straight to your inbox. You can click it, read up, and and listen in. So yeah, so again, yeah, thanks so much, Harry. I really appreciate you uh, swinging by.
uh, we, we both do. I think it's uh, it's been really fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Me. Excellent. All right, yeah. and next week we'll uh, we'll discuss the the uh, <laughs> next week we'll discuss the Deadwood film. So get excited mm. for that. <laughs> we'll have a guest on that episode too. We we won't say yet though. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We're gonna yes. leave it a mystery. It'll be a lot of fun. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next time.